Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, a podcast for the car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Manny. And today we do have Tony back. He's going to be doing some commentary. What's going on, guys? I'm back again. Alright. So uh, we got a little jam-packed episode. We got a, a good variety of storylines today. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, start it off with our first one. And that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> so a while back we talked about... Um, you know, I heard through the grapevines that um, the Type R might be getting a recall. Oh, yeah. I remember you did talk about that. Yes. Well, just today before we started the recording earlier, I received my letter from Honda that I was part of the recall. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm going to make an appointment to send it out there. Um, it is for the fuel pump. So it turns out my uh, my little sources from the groups were actually correct. Watch the... Watch the mechanics talk shit on him for having such a high mileage car, especially the Type R. I mean, probably they will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how much shit do you get from the Type R community for being high mileage? Um, you know, I actually get a lot of shit about it, especially for the amount of, of abuse I give the car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in comparison to them, they're just more like, what, garage queens, right? Um, you know, there's some that daily it. But not to the extent like you though. No, 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 no. Their dailying is like, I don't know. I think they said something close to eight thousand miles a year. Damn, that's not a lot. Like that's nothing, you know. You've had the car for a year, like a little bit over than a year. Um, I've had it for about a year and a half now. And how much miles does it have? I'm at twenty four thousand. God damn, <laughs> hey man, cars are meant to be driven. Oh yeah, no, I mean. One of the nice perks about the car is that it's going to be a car that's not going to lose like my previous car did. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had the Mustang. They mass produced those in high, high, high quantities. And with that, the values drop on them really quick. I'm going to enjoy the car. You know, it's the first car I ever bought brand new. I'm going to drive it. I'm going to track it. I'm going to take it everywhere. I'm going to do weekend cruises. And I'm going to throw a ton of miles at it. And it'll probably still sell better than most Mustangs for resale. Okay. okay. So I'll have my fun with it. I won't lose as much as if as if I would have kept the Mustang. And I'll move on. It's not going to hurt me to, you know, not, you know, to actually drive it. <laughs> for sure. And so what's this recall? Since we did mention it a while back. So like an update, basically. Fuel pump. Fuel pump? Yeah, fuel pump. So pretty simple. They'll just I'll just make an appointment, and take it in, have it get swapped out. Do you have any issues of what it's causing or what? Um. Well, I think it's just a fuel pump failure. So obviously, you know, your motor is going to shut off. So yeah. the reasoning is always usually more safety than mechanical. Mm-hmm. If it's just like a regular mechanical that's not going to cause any safety, then most car companies will try to ignore it because of the risk factor. You know, <laughs> is it worth the money to replace all of them? Yeah. But so for this one, they're saying that the fuel pumps are shutting off, so it could shut off while you're driving, and you know that causes an increase of potential accidents. Interesting. But just, just imagine that. I'd like to not imagine that, especially the more common recalls of like airbags going off at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think one of the scarier ones was like, uh, do you remember the Toyota recalls? Ooh. The sticking gas pedal, right? Yeah, that's that's a sketchy one, man. Yeah. I mean, I think, I hope most of us would know that if something like that were to happen, you can throw it in neutral and let it fucking rev out 
just so you can stop and not have to run into issues. But if it caught you in traffic, you're causing at least a little accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not super concerned about it, especially right now with uh, COVID going on. I'm still working from home, so the car is very happy that I'm not, you know, beating it every day now. <laughs> not bad, not bad. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's our update with the uh, with the Type R recalls. So, hopefully, uh, I'm actually hoping I get a little bit of shit at the dealership for the mileage on the car. <laughs> <laughs> It honestly kind of makes me laugh every time somebody is so in shock by how many miles I drive the car. I bet. I mean, you've already told me how nitpicky they are. You know, there's there's a different groups. You know, there is the group that just straight out does not drive the car, mm-hmm. and like these are some of the guys who got put on waiting lists and things to buy the Type R at 2017 when they first came out. Wait listed and got a 2018. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they've had the car for obviously a lot longer than i have and they have like 5000 miles 8000 miles for like 2 years 2 and a half years of ownership shit that's a shame <laughs> i mean i didn't buy it to collect it okay i bought it to drive it to use it to have my fun with it and that's what i'm going to do with it for sure for sure and then there is another side that actually do use them and you know track them and beat on them and mod them you know what i mean mm mm-hmm. mhm so not all of them put as many miles as I do because honestly I do drive a lot under normal circumstances. But I mean that's just kind of the category I fall in with it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna garage it. You know what I mean? You pay almost I paid thirty six half for it. Yeah. I garage it, and let's say in twenty years it, they're selling for forty grand for a low mileage one. I made what four or five grand for not driving my car for twenty years. <laughs> no not gonna happen (laughs) i'll enjoy it and when i'm done with the car honestly i'll probably just sell it for you know whatever the market value is at and i'm pretty sure i'll probably still be around like 20 grand for one of them and i'll move on to another platform for sure yep so that's the way it's gonna go (laughs) okay not bad not bad All right, Manny, what you got for us, man? Okay, so the topic is the Karen of the anime world. The Karen of the anime world. In real life. Okay. Karen's everywhere. Yeah, so if no one's catching their attention on this little subject, I don't know if you've noticed or maybe you, Tommy, there has been a number of titles being removed like from Amazon and other uh, sources and sites that like do like eBooks or you can buy your books um in terms like manga like japanese manga and light novels okay i thought at first i thought you meant streaming services but no this is manga Mm -hmm. okay so books uh so apparently like amazon in particular you see books now being dropped from their inventory or their listings for, for like to buy uh you got sword online goblin slayer and a few quite all like notable really good ones um you'd probably like it era manga sensei tommy (laughs) <laughs> no, now I have to go somewhere else to go and buy it and get my next day shipping. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's the sad part? You know the bookstore in uh, Little Tokyo? Yeah. The big chain is dropping that book too. <sighs> and all the other books that Lilith did as well. True sad boy. Okay, so now. so is there a, a common denominator on why all these places are dropping them? 
So you have like these multiple news sources, like in terms of like anime that have to do with anime. They're like trying to ask like why these books are being removed, and like in particular like Amazon and others and other like uh, retailers, they're not giving explanations why. However, in the background, there is someone applauding, applauding from a distance. Uh, she is a, a politician from Australia. Apparently, she's been dabbling in getting a movement started to remove, like, Japanese manga and light novel books out of, like, retail stores and out of in the way of being purchased. Okay. So, it goes back to, apparently, I guess her son had some books. And when she found the books, she thought that they were very naughty child books. They were dojins, weren't they? <laughs> I don't know, hey, hey man. Aramanga Sensei, I would have to agree with it, regardless if it's not a dojin. All right, all right. Have you seen the anime? Or Yeah. Okay. You can probably agree I'm busy. Yeah, I guess so, I guess so. <laughs> uh, so she took it to herself and with other politicians to go after Japanese manga and light novels and everything. Uh, so if anybody feels like their series or like their favorite... Um, books are being removed. Uh, her name, let's see, politician Connie Bonaros. All right. So she's like the speaking to the manager for anime and mangas and stuff. This is reminding me of uh, the South Park movie where Eric's Cartman, Eric Cartman's mom, yes. tries to get um, Terrence and Philip banned and to stop like kids from cussing. Yeah, yeah. That's really what it's reminding me about right now. <laughs> I did not think of that. Holy shit. So she's starting a Blame Japan version of the Blame Canada song. Yeah, so she's trying to, she's working, I guess she's reaching out to like retailers like Amazon. Uh, the other very famous Japanese retailer, let's see, I, I always have a hard time pronouncing that name, the bookstore. Oh. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Kinokuniya. I don't know. That's that's my best. That's the. That, yeah, I'm not gonna do any better than you. <laughs> <laughs> so she's basically trying to like get them to like ban those books from their retail sites and everything, and from their retail stores. And she's not only has she done so so far in Australia, but now she's moving it towards globally. Oh wow! So I mean, it's working. I mean, we've already seen a movement where people are trying to go after Japanese manga and animation. Throughout the world, especially with the UN, apparently there's been like I've seen, but I've never actually confirmed that they were true that they were being brought up to the UN, the UN, and everything. Um, but the biggest, I guess, the biggest concern from her argument is child exploitation. Okay. I mean, I can probably agree with it, but at the same time, I mean, like they're fictional characters. Maybe I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh. They are fictional characters. This mm -hmm. is all fiction work. It's all animation. Um, I mean, it's not exactly like they have child labor going on with them. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they still have child labor things going on to make people's Nikes and you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, there's kind of weigh your priorities a yeah. little bit, really. The two the two uh, main titles that I've seen being affected the most was like Goblin Slayer and Sword Online. Why those, though? Just because they look like they're they're naughty books for like children and stuff. Uh, I I mean I'm still kind of hard. I mean I can with Sword Online it's kind of like it's a weird situation. I don't know how I can see it being like that. Goblin Slayer probably. 
Well, yeah, but is goblins like does uh maybe you can know a little bit more than, about me than this? What does manga have like ratings, kind of like movies do and shows do? Like, oh yeah, yeah, they all have ratings. So is it rated for children? Not all of them. Well, is Goblin Slayer rated for children? Hell no. Definitely not. Well, no. then doesn't it kind of just go back to her own parenting then? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. At that point, isn't it her fault that she's not monitoring what her kid is buying online at that point and what he's being exposed to? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if it's if it's marketed for you know adult readers, it's an adult reader. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> What is she going to keep going after? You know what I mean? It if it's like already it, rated and regulated. It's pretty much going to be her mission now. Apparently, it's too readily available. I wonder if we can contact those people, those uh, K-pop fans from TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I like where this is going. Yes, maybe maybe we can get a little bit of movement going and get that stuff back in stores. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it looks like it's getting traction. And again, lots of people are trying to ask like Amazon other places, like why no responses, but in the background, one person's applauding. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, personally, I don't buy from Amazon anyways, but that's still pretty ridiculous if it's coming out of other bookstores and other publications, you know? I rarely shop on Amazon, honestly. They don't pay enough taxes. <laughs> <laughs> What, taxes? Pretty much. <laughs> I think the only time I ever use Amazon is like if it's like a last-ditch like last ditch effort to find something. Honestly, like a Harbor Freight situation. A Harbor Freight's my first stop. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling you this, Manny. <laughs> I know, I know. All right. Cool. But yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. Um, I'll probably have to do more research on it because... It just seems interesting of where this is going to go and see like what Japan's response is going to be towards this situation. Yeah, I mean, because that's got to be hurting pocketbooks from some of these companies, right? Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah, publishers especially. Yeah, obviously. So, I mean, if there's already a regulation on them, I mean, what else can they really do, you know? And especially to the creators. I mean, these publishers make sure that they have to make these deadlines like what, like every day usually or sometimes? Yeah, they normally have like a set deadline just about every single day for at least a portion or a chapter or something. Because mm-hmm. so, they get paid by, by the page. Yeah. So that's pretty much the situation right there. And like a lot of them, they work their asses off just to bring out the content that we enjoy and everything. So uh, can, like basically thank you for like giving us this hobby and like enjoyment that we have honestly yeah so now we have to band together to protect it (laughs) tell you guys get in contact with those uh k-pop tiktok fans i'll I'll look into it i'll look into it (laughs) when the weebs and the k-pop stars band together the weebs and the korea booze is that what it's called yeah korea booze so there's weeaboos, and then we got the Koreaboos. Oh, man. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, let's move on to our next one. Okay. So I don't know if you guys have seen this, but have you noticed that there's been like anime opening themes videos for SpongeBob SquarePants? Like a parody? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know they do parodies for SpongeBob on 
probably just about everything. Yeah, but like a, a specific like like small time studio, I guess independent owned maybe. I don't know, uh, but they've been publishing like ap- uh, anime opening theme songs and videos for SpongeBob SquarePants, and it's been getting traction. And it looks like they finally released their first episode of. And honestly, it was really funny. Was it? <laughs> Tommy, did you see it? It legit was. I know exactly what you're talking about. And <laughs> I, I honestly was surprised to see something like that on YouTube. I thought it was just like a joke or something or it was going to be another opening, like you said. But no, mm-hmm. it's a full on episode of this. Yeah, oh, so wow. it looks like it's a YouTube channel, Narmak. He posted a 14-minute episode. Uh, like a revision Japanese style for SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, geez. Voiceover and everything. Yeah. Jap- full voice Japanese. I mean, animation can be better, but again, it's... Yeah. it's the it's, intro it's, song? Uh, well, did they do the intro song or no? Yeah, they did, actually. They did what, uh, They did put the intro song into it, and it... Oh, my God. I'm, it's really funny. I just, like, I'm having a hard time trying to think about it. <laughs> That's okay. I'll see if I can... Uh, I'll see if I can splice in a little short clip into this section Mm -hmm. right here. Okay. All right, go ahead. (laughs) So it looks like from the episode, we see SpongeBob SquarePants running to like the Krusty Krab. Krusty Krab is in danger and stuff. Um, You got Mr. Krabs hiding in like, or like hiding his face from SpongeBob in like what? Like disappointment or like utter defeat? Yeah, I would say defeat more than anything. And it looks like uh, Bubble Bass, the infamous... The pickle. The pickle, The pickles, I remember the pickles. Yes, (laughs) so he stole the Krabby Pabby formula and is working with Plankton to take it back. And I don't know how that works out because if you... Do you remember how he talks about how the forbidden five pickle patty? Mm. I don't know how that plays out because Mr. Krab said like... It has to do everything with SpongeBob, the five pickle Krabby Patty. <laughs> that it is SpongeBob or something like that. Did you, did you understand it? I had no idea. When I was starting to hear something like that, I just thought, wow, this burger is completely anti Manny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> For the listeners that don't know or would like to know, I've had two instances where I've asked for a burger with no pickles utter joyness when i see that there's no pickles but the moment i take a bite there's a pickle and i throw the burger away he throws the entire burger in the trash manny's a pickle karen (laughs) (laughs) fuck pickles (laughs) fuck you tommy so yeah so you see spongebob running out trying to like find out where it is where bobo bass is and apparently squidward went after him uh he catches up to squidward and sandy and patrick Squidward gets his ass beat and it looks like he's like it looks it sounds like he's like saying his last dying words and Spongebob throws like a fucking rage fit injects himself with the formula and just goes on to beat the shit out of fucking bubble bass (laughs) and like this like fucking badass looking battle and shit and then you see Squidward pop up like like boy like don't go overboard I just went to sleep shit (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Uh, what do you think of the fight? 
I thought it was probably one of the most exciting yet most hilarious looking fights I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, I want more. I honestly would sit back and watch more of it. I want more of this, honestly. All right. It's kind of interesting how SpongeBob seems to transcend so many different areas of fandom. <laughs> oh, it definitely is, honestly. Yeah, you see them in everything from rock culture, hip hop culture, anime. You see them literally in everything. Oh, they put in the rock reference into it, I remember. Yep. I was waiting for you to bring it up, too. <laughs> it's not just a rock. Wait, now how'd it go? It's not just a boulder, it's, it's a, a rock. rock. It's a rock. Boy, they would ride this baby for like, or what was it? For miles. The pioneers would ride these babies for miles. Like, oh, my childhood is coming back and slapping me in the face. In Japanese form. <laughs> no better way to get slapped in the face. Um, do you really want to know? No, I'm okay. Okay. I'd, I'd rather not. Because we can just adopt a Shiba just to slap the shit out of you. I mean, can I own the Shiba afterwards? I mean, if you really want an asshole dog, go for it. Yeah, it's just like being around Omar all day then. Uh, why do I agree with that? Because <laughs> you know it's true. <laughs> uh, Shibas are assholes, but yes. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for the SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Alrighty, Tommy, I think we have an update on the Hertz situation with their rental car company, right? Yes, we do. Um, for everybody who listened to previous episodes, you guys might remember the story about Hertz going uh, bankrupt. Yep. And they were selling some Corvettes for some really killer deals. The bananas. Yes, the bananas. <laughs> Ju- juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. Juicy yes, fruit. juicy fruit. So we got a little update to that. So... They struck a deal where, um, in order to kind of stay afloat, that they're going to have to sell now um, close to 200,000 cars. Well, if they wanted to stay afloat, they would get challengers and chargers. I mean, they are boats, but yeah, no, different kind of a float. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the exact number is closer to 182,521. Wait, what's that number? 182,521 cars. Oh, cars. Cars. Oh, shit. So they're actually going to do a much bigger liquidation of their inventory. And um, it's unclear what portions they're actually going to prioritize in this. But last month, they were um, they were supposed to do 144. They're bumping that number up now in order to survive. Shit. They have to pay back some creditors. Mm-hmm. So this is actually huge because they might be able to save the company but that's a ton of cars and they have to get rid of it by the end of the year uh like i said before it is unclear what portion of their inventory is going to get liquidated out but they did confirm that a couple of their uh special edition zl1 camaros are going to be sold oh the camaros too yeah well there's two of them that they have i guess that's going up 750 horsepower zl1s mm-hmm. so those would be pretty nice too. <laughs> Are they yellow? I don't know. They didn't have a picture. Didn't I hope didn't specify? Not. <laughs> would you really mind? Yes. Really? Could yes. always wrap it. I mean, yeah. Then I have to spend the extra money for it. 
But then you have I a mean, Camaro. Hold on. If you're buying a ZL1, you, you have money to wrap it. But zero visibility. That's true, but you have money to wrap it. <laughs> <laughs> Submarine vision, but I still got one, man. <laughs> I'd still probably pass you on the track, and you'd be like, who was that? Where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't even say anything because I wouldn't react. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But isn't Hertz mainly like trucks and utility vehicles? No. No, they're rental cars. They're more um, Sentras, Civics, Corollas. Economic commuter mm-hmm. cars. Because I remember when I was working at my last job, uh, we went to Hertz. And Hertz, the Hertz that we went to at least, had like the big trucks, like the t- Ford Transits. and. The so you, you probably went to their commercial division. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the rental car companies, they have their own divisions for like economic commuter rental cars. And they got their like commercial division. Oh, okay. And that's probably where you went. Yeah, that would, that would make more sense then. Uh, I was just, you know, figuring if they're selling trucks and transit vans, then it gives me something to buy to haul car stuff. Yeah, very true, very true. True? I mean, I was already having the same idea, again, that if they are liquidating some of their economy cars, I know uh, my wife wants that the base model Civic, the hatchback. Oh, yeah. So maybe I can find one at a good deal that might make it worth it. And I can probably find that champagne Chevy Spark for my dad. Do it. <laughs> I, feel, I have a strong feeling your dad's going to disown you. <laughs> I don't even know if it would make it to your house. No, it will. Think so? He took it cross country to Utah. Oh, shoot. He hated it. <laughs> he hated it just because of the color. I mean, wouldn't you hate it because of the color, too? You just said you wouldn't own a Camaro that was yellow. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Well, but some cars pull off yellow. I will agree on that, honestly. Well, like what? I mean, the only thing I, that comes off the top of my head that yellow works with is a Lamborghini. That's it. What S2000? about a Lotus? Uh, I've seen Lotuses in white. And I feel, even though that, that is a color that they come in, I would still prefer it to be white than yellow. Okay. I mean, there's colors that you could prefer. Always, right? Mm-hmm. Very but true. there are some colors that just looks really hot in that yellow. Like I was trying to say, the uh, the S2000, I think, looks really good in the yellow. Ah, yes. Yeah, that's true. What was his name again? Frank? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Frank. Frank's S2K. Oof. How many Franks? Well, that, that one's like on a different level. <laughs> 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 that doesn't even look like an S2K no more. I know. Frank Frank's is on a whole nother modded level, but <laughs> the car in general in yellow looks really good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, I wouldn't mind it. I think uh, I want to do a little bit more digging into this story, see if I can find out what uh, categories or um, classes of cars they're going to be liquidating and where and how. I'm not sure if they're going to bulk sell it to another rental car company or is there an opportunity for us to come in and get a good deal. That could be the case, honestly, the the bulk liquidation. I mean, it's a lot of cars to move in a few months, you know what I mean? It really is. That's a lot of cars to move. Yeah, I can see them get it, like trying to sell it some to the public at least, like the commuter cars, like you were saying. So you never know; you might be able to get a really good deal off that Civic. I can see it. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. If if they they have to sell that many, they're gonna have to let go of some of the economies because that's gonna be the bulk of their fleet they have right now. 
Right. If you're listening to this, Sparky, look into this, please. <laughs> <laughs> Reliable. Shoot. Anybody that needs a good car. <laughs> I'll do my best to see if I can dig up some better information on where and what they're selling and uh, maybe do an update next week. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, I mean, definitely, if they're, if they're going to sell a big bulk, hopefully not just bulk sales, you know, just to companies, but if we can snag a couple good deals here and there and spread the word for some people, I think that'd be pretty cool. Shit. Now that I think about it, I might have to actually look into their commercial inventory, see if they're being let go as well. Yeah, get yourself some cargo vans for the family business. Yeah, pretty much. Wouldn't be a bad idea. I know we're I, we have one van, and it's like honestly, I just I keep telling my dad replace it, just replace it, please. <laughs> it'll be newer. It'll have really good driving, really good air conditioning. It won't have five hundred thousand miles. Oh shit! Damn. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's true. <laughs> it's time. Hey. Question on that for so is it actually like five hundred thousand or was that just exaggeration? Uh, yes and no because we've already put in a new block on it. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, have you refreshed in the chassis at all? I would not know. My nephew's dad. He's a mechanic, so he did all the work. He's a master. He's a master tech for. Oh, he maintains it, and yeah. inspects it, and does whatever needs to get done. Yeah. So he did all the work, the whole engine swap. Okay. Yeah. I was just asking just because I think the car I've had with the highest mileage has been um, 260,000 miles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 260,000 miles, and that was my Caprice. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was my Caprice (laughs) station wagon. (laughs) Nice, nice. But, um, I mean, I went through and I refreshed everything I could on the chassis. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering, like, on like commercial when you guys are really pounding out miles like how often do you guys look at that uh we do take every month we're always keeping track of mileage because that's how we basically keep track of like oil changes and everything okay yeah so we're always on top of that all right cool cool well while we're on it tommy what's the highest mileage car you've had i mean granted i've only owned two at this point in time (laughs) in my life um I'm actually right behind you on your on your highest. Uh, the old Accord, which I still got, is sitting at I believe twenty, no, two hundred and twenty thousand right now. It would be the where it's at. Okay, I got a question for you. You you worked at Pet Boys, mm-hmm. or in like Goodyear. What other uh, shops have you worked at besides those two, or just those two? Um, other than Goodyear and Pet Boys, I've also worked at um, Chrysler, Jeep, and Dodge. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it, other than UTI, if you want to count that as okay. anything. Out of all those places you worked at, what's the car you got into with the highest, the highest mileage? Ooh, that would be an old Chevy that I got into when I was at Goodyear, I believe. Um I think it was close to like over 400,000 miles on a pickup truck. This isn't no commercial truck. It's a regular pickup truck. <laughs> Shit. Classic 350 block. <laughs> probably, it, it probably is, honestly. Oh, yeah. Keep those things going on forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was running healthy, you know, granted its age. I mean, the paint was great. The dude really took care of this truck. Like, I was really surprised. I can definitely see that. Manny, besides your 
the the family business vehicles. <laughs> nah, just that honestly. How many miles Your does high- the El Camino have? The El Camino, it's got a rebuilt engine on it. It's rebuilt, so it's at ten thousand. Chassis? I would not know. Oh, all right. Does it have a? Does it only have like five counters or? I think it. Yeah, it only has five counters. Okay, so you have the rollover issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the same with like uh, Fox Body Mustangs. Mm-hmm. They have only five digits too. So you don't know if it has a uh, ninety thousand miles or a hundred and ninety or two hundred ninety. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of one of those little uh, those little things you always got to look for when buying a Fox Body because you always mm-hmm. have those guys going, "Oh yeah, it has like seventy thousand miles." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says right there. I'm like, yeah, dude, sure. <laughs> How many times has that thing rolled over? <laughs> I mean, is there a way to tell? No. No shit. <laughs> I mean, other than like uh, reported mileage, like through oil changes, dealership things, title changes when they're sold, you know what I mean? Okay. You can kind of look back and go, oh, look, it was 70,000 five, six, seven years ago, and now it's 70,000 again, you know what I mean? Mm hmm. But. Other than that, there's really no way to tell other than, like, the condition of the car. I mean, granted, the gauges on the El Camino are aftermarket as well, so... Yeah, that could have been all done out anyways. I mean, at at that car's age, though, it doesn't really matter. It's more how you've upkept it and restored it, you know? True, true. But all right, what do we got next, Manny? Uh, So it looks like... I think you had an interesting story coming up as well. Oh... How could I even forget? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure everybody's been seeing the YouTube videos all over the place for it. I posted it on Facebook. I saw a picture, so I was intrigued when I was seeing it. It is the devil's wine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they Ford Performance came out with a promotional video with uh, uh, Von Getten's little secret project he had building was the 1,400 horsepower Mach-E Mustang. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yes, with enough arrow to put the Type R to shame. (laughs) (laughs) And, man, I don't know what's been going on at Ford lately, but they've been pushing out some pretty nice stuff lately. Yeah. Like, that thing is insane. (laughs) And it wasn't just Von Gittin, like, it was... No, no, the video had all of their professional drivers lined up. Everything from Ken Block's um, Hoonicorn, they had Von Gittin in his car... Um, they had the pace car, the track car, like the drift car. Yeah. They had everybody all lined up on there. It was, it was actually a really great video. Like that's how you market. Mm -hmm. They're doing marketing, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, one of the, I've never really gotten excited about any electric vehicle ever. (laughs) Oh, wait, it's an electric car. Yes. The Mach-E is full electric. Damn. Yes. (laughs) It's running, I believe, four motors front and back. Each of them set up with a front has a a radiator set up with oil and a radiator set up with uh, water for the motors and the batteries, and literally a mirror set up in the rear. Huh. And okay. it's one hundred percent fully adjustable. Oh shit! Down to the percentage, they can adjust it from um, obviously front and rear, but they a unique thing because of that is that they can actually adjust it so. Your front tires are going forward and your rear tires are going backwards. You can tug a war with yourself. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so depending how they gear it, um, I watched the second video where 
Von Getten kind of was there with Ken Block, and they kind of went over a little bit more specifics on the on the Maki itself that yeah. they had, at least the one he built, obviously. And um, he was saying that with the right gearing, they're looking at probably closer to four thousand pounds of torque. An ungodly amount of torque. Yes. Yeah. So just the motor itself before the differential, they're looking at about fifteen hundred pounds of torque. So depending how they want to gear it in those in the differential, they could actually produce some massive torque. God damn. So th- that thing looks really wicked and I mean, you know, what's one of the gripes that we always complain about with uh, electric cars? We've already known they can be fast with the Teslas and everything, right? There's no <laughs> no, it's it's the song of our people when we put the foot on the gas, right? Okay. It's that sound, right? Mm-hmm. This thing makes the most evil, whining, <laughs> devil sound ever, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> so it's kind of like if you isolated the sound of a supercharger and just cranked the volume up high. Shit. Is probably the best way I can describe it. You got Teslas being all quiet and stuff, but then they're going to get scared when they hear this shit coming down the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it sounded insane. It really, really did. Um, you know, obviously, I'm pretty sure they kind of muted out the other um, internal combustion cars around it, so you can kind of hear that. But nonetheless, it sounds insane. And uh, the video I watched with the um, where Von Getten let Ken Block drive it. Oh, he let him drive it. Yes. So this wasn't this wasn't like their official, nice and polished and edited video. This was kind of more of them introducing, talking about it, talking about specs on the on the Maki that Von Getten built with his team. They're basically just getting Ken Block to get like an opinion on it. Ken Block wanted to hoon it. <laughs> <laughs> He was saying that uh, he kept talking to the people at Ford because they were there for like a they were doing like test and tuning basically mm-hmm. for the Maki going around the track and they weren't really allowed to push the car to its limits. And uh, I guess Ken Block saying he kept asking, "Can I hoon it? Can I hoon it? Can I hoon it?" <laughs> so <laughs> um, Von Getten let Ken Block get in there and actually go through and hoon it. And how to go? Um, obviously it went well, that thing is a monster, but the looks on Ken Block's face kind of set it off how much power that thing really had. <laughs> Damn. I've never seen him look conservative behind the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> if you can scare a man like Ken Block, you have one hell of a car. Yeah, that's that's crazy, crazy power. And it, and it seemed like, um, obviously, you know, he's... Ken Block is is a driver, you know what I mean? Yeah. He went through, he slid it, he pushed it faster, slid it again, and whipped it around a couple times, you know what I mean? But you can kind of tell that it wasn't to that aggression point he normally gets. Yeah. So, I mean, it looked like it was something something crazy. If you can surprise that man, then that thing is really doing something impressive. Not bad, not bad. Throw it up. The future is now, and the future is scary, and the future is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, that's not the version that's going to be released to us or anything close to, you know what I mean? Um, Given the Maki stats do seem pretty quick as well, but 
this kind of shows maybe some uh, steps towards the future. Who knows? Maybe we might start seeing some more, uh, I guess, achievable performance electric. Yeah. Because obviously we do have performance electric, but we're paying, you know, you would have to pay a really pretty penny for that. Pretty much. Remember so, the Rimac? Oh, you mean that thing that... Um, Spontaneously has combusted for two weeks straight? It got rolled off a cliff. Uh, yeah, that's scary. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, So we have these high-end sports cars going into electric already. We already have these... Uh, what do they call them? Hypercars? Where yeah. they're kind of hybrid, um, petrol, and electric? I think that's the term. I don't know. I don't pay super, super attention to like the exotic side. Yeah, it's not me neither, honestly. Yeah, but we already have that technology kind of going already over there, but at a high dollar. It'd be pretty nice if we can get some uh, low-end performance with that kind of crazy electric torque. Yeah, I'd be down for it, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean... I'd still hold off a little bit, let the technology develop and see how it it goes. Get it fine-tuned. Well, yeah, it's just kind of like not being the first owner of the first gen of anything, you know? It's cool, but, you know, you got to also remember that you're the long-term guinea pigs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, I, especially with, like, electric, I'd definitely be kind of hesitant to jump into one, but... Hey, if they're already starting to develop some crazy stuff for it, I'm all for it. Keep going. Because that's all stuff that's going to trickle down to OEM spec and everything, you know? Yeah. So let's see if we're going to get one for the public and everything. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get the Mach-E for sure. Mm. I'm just saying, what if we're going to get the Mach-E, I don't know, maybe uh, SVT is going to get into it, you know? Ooh. They'll do a Shelby edition of it or something, you know? I wouldn't doubt it, honestly. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, it def- it definitely adds some performance into it, but I just hope the technology's there. Yeah. Because, you know, we still got to worry about range, longevity, heat. <laughs> Charging time. Charging time. Well, yeah. But, I mean, uh, my biggest thing would be... uh. I guess, battery life and heat, really. Okay, I see, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? It, yeah. How long of a range does it have? And if they're going to make something kind of performance-oriented, if I take it to the track, is it just going to overheat and limp mode on me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, last year, I went to the Roval Fontana Speedway for a Speed Ventures track day. And I was hanging out there with some, with some friends I met at a Cars and Coffee. And a couple guys from his car club showed up. And one of them brought a Tesla. <laughs> and he decided to take it out, you know, to the track and do his do his thing. He was only able to go about a lap and a half to two laps before he went the car just overheated, the batteries overheated, and he had to limp it out of there. Fuck. Damn it, little buddy. Yeah. <laughs> At first he thought like the like the batteries were just dying, but no, he actually got an overheating error, and he would go back really quick off of his uh off of his driving session, and plug it in, and just to let it try to cool itself off. What well, did it plugging it in just cause it to heat up more? I think he was doing it so that he can leave the car on, and I guess cycle the cooling system. Oh, okay, okay. So, I mean, luckily they had like um 
the RV parkings because he brought his RV. Yeah. So they had those little terminals for hooking up power and things mm. like that. So, I mean, he did get to do all his sessions in the day and actually drove the car home. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how many miles from his house to the track it was, but he, he towed it over there. Um, he tried to track it all day as best as he could, given with his overheating issue. And at the end of the day, um, he loaded his friend's car on the trailer and set the car to autopilot and just sent him home. So, I mean, he got to actually track the car and then autopilot home, which sounds pretty appealing when you're tired after a long day. <laughs> but that heating issue is no joke. Yeah. So yeah, you get batteries that catch fire that normally end in a really bad way. Yes. <laughs> I mean, thankfully that didn't happen, but I mean, I, I, I know I would be upset if I went there and the car was overheating like that to that point, you know? Yeah. And then it would be a, a different story if it wasn't even an electric car to begin with. If you brought your car and you were having overheating issues like that, that would pretty much just be it for the day. Not necessarily, at least with a internal combustion car, there's more we can do, right? We have a little bit of knowledge. We can run the heater, right? Mm. Uh, we can add the uh, water wetter to the radiators. We can open up our fascias for more airflow through the radiator. You know what I mean? There's There's things we can do. I'm not sure how much you can really do to combat that on an electric car. Because... I overheat at the track when I take the Type R out. <laughs> and, you know, I've done, like, the simple things. I have I went to a heavier weight on my oil. I opened up the grill to get more airflow through. I added water wetter to my system. And it helped. I was able to get a couple more laps in, but it still started getting hot on me again. So I'm going to go to the next steps. You know, the next steps are going to be I'm going to upgrade the, upgrade the radiator. Uh, I'm going to add and duct in a nice oil cooler for it and see how that does then. But that's what I mean. It's like we know there's things we can do and modify in order to combat the heat on our internal combustion cars. Mm -hmm. I'm not very well versed with electrical motors and batteries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us are. So, I mean, I'm not really sure what else you can really do other than um, if it doesn't have like a water to air cooler for those systems than to add one somehow. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, this is all kind of foreign to me. So I mean, if they produce the technology, it'd be pretty cool to do. Yeah, pretty much. But, um, so before we run out of time, Manny, we also have the Instagram questions, right? Yes. For this week we did what animes that didn't have a second season, but deserved one. Yes, I love this one. And a good friend, our good friend Tommy, had his say in it. What did you say? Uh, I, I would like to say that I speak for a lot of people when I said no game, no life deserves their second season. I will agree. Honestly, the way it left off, like, what the fuck? Come on, give us the second season already. Yeah, yeah, I see it. And then we got our buddy Leo on Instagram, unknown v2, mysterious girlfriend X. I have not seen it, so I don't know. I think out of all, have you seen it, Tony? I seen it, 
but I can't remember how it ends, but I have seen that one. Okay, because I think I, I remember it and I watched it from beginning to end. Um, I know that the manga kept going, so I know they still have the source material for it, so I can understand why Leo would want a second season, but it also ranges on like popularity at that point as well. Yeah, pretty much. And then we got our buddy Sparky. He said Hinamatsuri. I agree with him, but with more content for Anzuka's best daughter, not trash girl Hina. Okay. I was about to say, I don't know where they would go with that, but when you added that on top of that, I I can agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think I finished that one. You didn't? I don't think so. If If I did, it didn't leave much of an impression on me. Okay. Okay. And then Goblin Slayer, I mean... I mean, we're already going to get the it's, movie. Yeah, I think that one's still a little bit too early to call. Yeah, I mean, it, we're, it's already confirmed movie. Did they also confirm a second season too, maybe? Uh, I don't think they confirmed a second season but yet. But the movie, yes. But the movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, so there's still hope for that one. There is, probably. I can see it getting a second season, honestly. For the next one, I wholeheartedly agree. High School of the Dead. Yeah. But I just hate uh, they've just been teasing so much that there's possibly a second season coming up, but they never do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what can they do? Didn't the the writer passed away? Oh yes. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. That is true. Actually, one of uh, um, well, regardless, one, one of our listeners actually messaged us that after you we posted it on the yeah. story, they messaged us that yeah, that the writer did pass away. Did he create more content though before he died? I read up to the chapters where they stopped. And that's probably why they don't want to adapt it because yes, they do have source material still, but do they have enough for a second season? Okay, because in for the majority of the time, when it comes to anime uh, adaptations, in reality, the creator doesn't have much say in which direction the animation goes. It's actually the director of the studio. So if the directors want to go through with it, they can. But they'd have to think of something on the spot to continue off where it left off on the source material. Yeah, they'd pretty much have to make a story at that point from where he had left off. Like they did with Guilty Crown. Oh, okay, yeah. If I'm correct, Guilty Crown was made on the spot with no source material. Came out like a great anime, too. And yes, it was. Uh, For next, we got a Kamiga Kill. I don't know how it can go about with the second season. Everybody died. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Although, good note for that is that I kind of wish they would have stretched that story to two st- two seasons. Two seasons, okay. I felt like I really, really love that anime. I w- named, would you say I named my two... dog after Koro. What, what is it? Like, is it 12 episodes or how many episodes I is think it? it was no, 12. it's like, isn't it more it's... than 12? I thought it was like 24. I don't, it's been a I, while, dude. Yeah, I don't remember either. Um. So you think that it may be like, okay, let's say. I felt like they did rush it. Okay. Like, the story was so good. The concept was good. I really loved that anime, but I did feel like it was rushed really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I I love it. My dog is named Koro from <laughs> from the anime. <laughs> Fuck that dog. Whatever. <laughs> but um, um, I yeah, I think it was just rushed, and obviously everybody pretty much died. So I'm not sure how much further they can go from there. Yeah, uh, we got another one. It would be Dragon Maid. 
it would be a kind of a hard situation right there since the director who brought it to life the anime passed away in the Kyona Ani. I was gonna arson. say that was yeah. the fire, right? Yep. Uh, he yeah. was he the director was the one who passed away. That sucks. That's yeah. tragic. Yeah, I feel like if they are gonna even think or start to think about doing a second season of that anime, it's gonna take a while for them to even like get that to start going. Yeah. And then Gate, but that already had a second season. Gate did have a second season, unless they're trying to get a third season, but, you know, I don't know about that. I don't know where they would go after that either. Yeah, pretty much. And then Dead Man Wonderland. I have not seen it. Yes. I love Dead Dead Man Wonderland, dude. That was a really good one. And it literally left off like you were ready to watch the next episode. (laughs) Like it was a cliffhanger ending. Um, That was actually what exactly our listener kind of uh, asked or said on there too yeah. that it was a cliffhanger ending and I totally agree it was a really great another one of those like unique stories where there's not really one you can compare it to really you know yeah and it was really really good but I don't know I really don't understand why they didn't make a second season if it was popularity if it was a writing thing a budget thing again like I'm not super versed on the manga side of everything mm-hmm. but I would love a second season of Dead Man Wonderland. Uh, for me, uh, there's two animes I can think of that deserved a second season. Uh, the first one would be Batum. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, at least it doesn't like ring any bells. It it's just basically people that don't live their life in society, so their family members or friends, or if they want revenge on someone, they'll just pay an organization to ki- get them kidnapped. And sent to an island where they have to kill each other for sport. So, kind of like the Hunger Games? Pretty much. I've never seen or heard of it, but I might have to pick it, it up. It was now. really good, honestly. It's an older, it's a bit older anime, but since it, we're saying second season nowadays, it's going to be hard to basically imitate that like art style, the animation, everything. Yeah. Um, another anime from one of my personal top faves would be Elf and Light. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was probably one of the first 10 animes that I actually sat through and actually binged in one sitting. Yeah. No, I mean, Elf and Light is indeed really amazing anime. If you can get through the gore, the... the Well, I love the gore, so that's one of the reasons why I love like, that anime. But what I'm trying to say is, like, when you if you can actually filter out all that stuff, you can see how sad it is. Yeah. No, the storyline is great. But the reason why it probably won't get a second season is because it actually diverted away from the manga. So to get a second so- a second season, they'd have to comp- they have to they'd have to make it on the spot, or restart with a different first season, like a different timeline in a sense, like they did with maybe Full Metal Alchemist. Maybe just restart yeah. it and actually go through with and the actually manga? go through with the manga. Yeah, pretty probably. Much. But that's if they want to. though. I don't see it happening. Yeah, me neither. No. <laughs> I think that's the exact same reason why uh, Soul Eater didn't continue on from the anime. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Soul Eater, pretty much at one point in time, I believe it was when they got into like the snow mm. battle, that it completely changed from what the manga had and what the anime decided to go with. And again, it goes down towards the director and what direction he wants to go with it. Yeah. I feel like he could have gotten more out of it, granted how the manga ended versus how the anime ended. But, you know, it's their decision on that. Yeah, because they're the ones making it. All right. And that's pretty much it for our list. Okay, cool. Well, I'm 
like I said, I'm happy with this little segment. I think we're getting some great responses. Um, if you guys think of a question we should ask for next week, um, shoot us a message on Instagram or whatever, and we'll we'll kind of filter through them. Definitely, definitely. Because, uh, yeah, I like this segment. I'm digging it. Yeah. Maybe next week we'll do one <laughs> a little bit more car-geared. Car yeah, I was actually thinking about something like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a little bit of brainstorming, see if we can come up with a good one. Definitely. And um, any quick uh, updates? I know you saw, I saw you dropped off the El Camino to the shop. Yep, finally delivered the El Camino to the shop so we can get some work on. And pretty much after I'm done with this, I can finally maybe start investing money in towards interior-wise. Actually take it to shops where I can like basically get quotes and talk about what I can do and everything. Like uh, with, without, upholstery? Yeah, without me having to worry about like spilling oil leaks on their shops and everything. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. How long before the uh, El Camino's done? Uh, who knows? That mechanic is super busy. I kind of felt bad dropping it off, for, even though he said that he had room. But with the amount of cars he had to be wor- that he he had in queue to be worked on, I was like, I kind of felt bad. But I told him I'm not uh, I'm not in a hurry. So so I'm kind of right. happy to see this going now. Yeah. Nice. Okay. That's pretty much it. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, Tommy, I know you started uh, making some frequent visits out to uh, Shea Works, right? I did. Um, actually, went out there uh, last week, thanks to Manny. He had to go pick up something for the Mustang. Picked mm-hmm. up a trunk for the Mustang so he can put his new wing on. So from Anaheim, we decided to hit up City of Industry and go to Shea Works. So he did my alignment uh, since I had put my new suspension in. Um, lower control arms, upper control arms, rear upper camera arms. arms. <laughs> <laughs> Manny was having a hard time separating the lower ball joint. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, did those for the most part. Um, on top of uh, the rear caster, the the camber adjusters in the mm-hmm. in the back. Uh, drove it out. Uh, went ahead, dropped it off. Uh, he told me to come back. Came back when he called us. He had me actually sitting in the car. He he told me, hey, I need your, your body weight in a not fat type of way, but I need your body weight. <laughs> so research purposes. Exactly. So he had me put my chair where I where I normally have it and all that other good stuff. And he actually had me get involved in doing the alignment. And then, you know, he asked a bunch of questions of how many miles I want my tires uh to last. And, you know, what I'm going to be using the car for and all that other good stuff. So he ended up leaning my alignment more towards track use, which is pretty cool. I like it so far. It feels super connected to the ground now, especially with the new suspension in it. Um, I went back to get the ball joints done uh, by him because I he did such a good job and he was such a cool guy. You know, I've. I figured if I can give you the business for it, I'll do it. So I went out there for, there for the second time from him. Great. Yeah, no, he's he's the definitely one of the go-to guys to get your alignment done, especially if you're going to be taking your car out to the track. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the second time I went by myself to get the ball joints done, I had two or three guys show up behind me, one guy with an S2000, another guy with a Subaru, and then I think the third guy pulled up with the BMW, like an older BMW. Yeah. So he he's definitely a busy guy too. 
Uh, so when Manny said that he felt bad for the guy that he took his El Camino to, I kind of felt the same because um, they are busy. It seems like, you know, car guys are getting more and more business. So No, that's great. I mean, if anything, uh, think of it as supporting their business, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But uh, he did a really good job, no, not going to lie. So I would definitely recommend him to anybody that's trying to get more of a track setup done. Especially if you own a Honda, um, he does have he does race an EG that he keeps at his shop. Yes, I've I've seen it, his EG on Instagram. It's pretty epic. I've seen <laughs> it in per- I've, I, we saw it in person. I heard that when that thing turned on, it scared the hell out of me. Person. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I actually got an update for the El Camino. Okay. After talking with my mechanic, uh, he's already going to replace one component, but for the rest of the components on the engine. I am going to be possibly changing out all the chrome parts. Okay. The chrome valve covers. He's going to do the oil pan for me. Uh, from what he told me, and I never gave it any thought, chrome parts are more susceptible to oil leaks. Okay. So I never I never gave it a thought. I, n- I didn't even know, honestly. So, uh, And honestly, I didn't like the chrome, so I'm going to be changing that out too. All right. Nice. Well, good. Might as well go for reliability on it for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, with as far as my build going, it's still kind of the same. <laughs> it's at a standstill, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, yeah. I was doing a little bit of soul searching. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I had thoughts of going back and building a Fox body, and I'm still kind of debating it. But what uh, what, what, what did I tell you? Ten years on jacks. <laughs> no, it's not on jack stands yet. So yet, <laughs> the ten years in that spot. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Um, I mean, the the nice thing is that the suspension that I bought can get put into a 1979 or a 2004 and everything in between. Okay. So it's very modular. I can do whatever I want with it with almost any Mustang between those years. So I just want to make sure I'm making the right decision before I do it. Okay. I mean, financial wise, it's smarter to build the Cobra because I already have it. I got it for a great deal. It's going to put out good power. It all makes sense financially and practically. Mm-hmm. But I love Fox bodies. <laughs> <laughs> and that would involve me spending more money on an older chassis that won't be as fast or powerful motor. Possibly not as reliable, depending on how you look at it. But I love Fox bodies. <laughs> Fox bodies are nice, though. So we'll see where I kind of lean towards if I'm going to make, you know, the, I guess, the financially smart decision or let my heart do what it wants to do. Definitely. definitely. So I'm kind of like tossing around some ideas, you know, we'll see kind of where we land. Okay. So, I mean, it's not going anywhere. Um, I can just still continue to build up parts for that suspension and everything else and like I said, it can go into any one of those cars all the same. Okay. So, we'll see. But that's all I got going for me right now. Nice, nice. Uh, with that, Manny, let's close up the episode for today. Why don't you tell the listeners uh, where they can find us? Yeah. You guys can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at UnacceptedPod. And we do have a website, UnacceptedPod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, follow, leave us a review, five stars, whatever anywhere you're listening to your podcast um if you do have iphones we are on apple Podcasts. listen to us on there leave us a review 
And um, any emails, questions, death threats, you can email us at unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Adios. Johnny. Oh, God.